Welcome to the American Warrior Festival podcast, a celebration of our troops, veterans, and American way of life. I'm your host, Dan Clore. Hello, American Warrior Festival family. We are back here with episode eight of the American Warrior Festival podcast. And our episode today is called The Roots of the American Warrior Festival. In 2012, I decided to combine two of my favorite passions, music and the military. I knew that I wanted to continue to grow as a band leader and concert promoter while helping out my military and veteran family. Hence, the American Warrior Festival was born. It's been a dream and a labor of love to work on this project that has meant so much to many in our veteran and music communities. The American Warrior Festival was born in Los Angeles and eventually extended down into San Diego. Southern California has long been considered a hotbed for musicians and military service members alike. With some of the greatest live music venues and military bases in the world, it's a natural fit for both groups. Naturally, we tapped into the local Los Angeles music scene to stock our events with live performance talent. Our events are multi-genre. We feature everything from metal to blues, jazz, hip-hop, classical, electronic, you name it. We do focus on the more edgy, gritty artists within each genre, as we mentioned in episode 5, the music episode. Another great thing about launching our event in SoCal is the local, regional, local and regional community and business support. The people come out to support their heroes, and businesses provide sponsorship by contributing finances and or product to our events. We often reach out to local Southern California military installations and veteran centers to promote our events to our target demographic. Many service members who've served at bases in SoCal decide to make this area their home after they retire from military service. All of the reasons I've just mentioned and many more are why we considered Southern California and Los Angeles in particular the birthplace and home of the American Warrior Festival. Our guest in this episode is no stranger to military service and the Los Angeles music and entertainment industry. Shane Tucker is a Marine Corps veteran and the current operations manager for the Hard Rock Cafe in Hollywood. Shane is also a leading member of our Los Angeles American Warrior team. Stay tuned for some cool L.A. music stories delivered Shane Tucker style. The American Warrior Festival podcast brought to you by the Red Osier Landmark Restaurant. Western New York's premier dining experience, known for its amazing prime rib and dedication to the veteran community. Visit them online at theredosier.com. Since this is our American Warrior Festival, roots of the American Warrior Festival, we figured what better way than to include some of our founding band's music. Bands such as Weapon X, Socially Unacceptable, Van Nuys Music Corporation, and producer Don's own Murder Most Foul. So stay tuned for some of our music from our founding bands. Kicking things off, we have Weapon X with One Shot, One Kill.
the American Warrior Festival podcast brought to you by Oliver's Candies, the creator of the American Warrior Festival candy bar. Oliver's Candies is proud to offer you the largest selection of award-winning chocolates made in Western New York. Visit them online at oliverscandies.com. Please welcome Marine Corps veteran, Hard Rock Cafe Hollywood operations manager, and American Warrior Festival LA team leader, Shane Tucker. How's it going, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. What's happening, bro? It's uh, super great to be here uh, on American Warrior Festival podcast. We're super excited. So thank you, first of all, for having me on today. It's really great. Oh, no problem, man. Pleasure is ours. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Shane and I met, uh, let's see, what year was that, Shane? Going back to maybe like 2011, 10? 12, 10? I, I don't know. You know, uh, the memory is getting kind of crazy these days, you know. <laughs> As we get older, so I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I've known you for nine years. I'm gonna say yeah. it's been like at least eight, eight years at least. Uh, we, yeah, we met at Hard Rock, and we had the opportunity to work together and and uh, provide a place for your kids. Victory School of Music, right? Was it Victory? Yeah, it was. It was the yes. Vi- yep, Victory oh my Music God. Academy. Yep, Victory Music Academy. I remember Academy. it now. Oh, yep. Yesterday I was yesterday I was like, man, what am I gonna talk to Dan about? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like. Was it was it Victory? Yeah, it was Victory Music Academy, and and um, I still have the very first photo that I took with your kids and us on stage, and uh, I have like over the you know time I've had to get a new computer once, and so I always made sure I had my photos, and the very first photo I ever downloaded to my new laptop was a picture of you and the kids with me on stage, and oh, so nice. you know and and yeah so. Um, you know, I just celebrated 10 years with Hard Rock in July, on July 5th, and so Congrats, part of that, you know, man. yeah, thank you. Um, you've been a part of that journey, dude. So yeah, yeah, that's great. It's awesome. I've always had a great time heading down there to the Hard Rock in Hollywood, and I mean, you guys always really took care of our our kids and the families, and you know, I had I had a music academy uh, a few years back where we would you know uh give guitar lessons drum lessons and then build young bands like student bands and they would need places and venues to perform and shane always was one of the uh you know the front runners there with just getting things in order and giving us a stage for the kids and you couldn't ask for a better venue than the hard rock in hollywood i mean the stage was great it was exciting all the pictures and the memorabilia i mean it really inspired the kids so i mean we, we had a, a really good time with that program with you guys yeah, we had a good run with it. It was it was good while we were able to do it, and because of you know because of what we were able to do with you and getting you know you started and getting your kids in there with an opportunity to play, uh, because of that, other people were noticing that, and uh, it opened the doors up for other other um, you know other school of rocks, so to speak, types of organizations to come into hard rock too. But you were the you were the founding company, bro, that worked with us to start that to kick that off. Oh man, that's that's the an legend. Honor. That's an the honor, legend. man. <laughs> the legend. Yeah. Dan Clore. Oh, thank you, sir. You're too kind, man. Yeah. Uh, and hey, you even had me on that panel when we were doing the Battle of the Bands judging oh, with, uh, oh my with my old you drummer Aaron Rossi, man, in the crew. Some stuff stuff is like I, I I'm so glad. Can you just be my memory supplement supporter for the rest of my life? <laughs> I got um, you, yes, man. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I mean, there's been so much stuff that has happened, uh, you know, uh, since I started working at Hard Rock and so many different uh, 
types of shows and battle of the bands that I am going to be a bad brother to you right now and tell you that I for, completely forgot that I had you as a judge. And I'm, <laughs> I haven't. It's integrity um, check, integrity right now. Hey, it's it's all good, man. It's all good. No, it's just like because you've been there. Aaron's been there. Uh, one of his old bandmates uh, in ministry, Sin, yeah. Ted In was been there. Um, the very first one we ever did. Uh, with that was over at so we would do the battle of the bands competitions in heart in my cafe okay and uh unfortunately it's no longer there but universal city walk that that cafe there has been there for it was there for over 20 something years so we do the prelims there and then do the final you know like the final um battle of the bands contest with the final bands there at city walk and i remember the my old boss that worked with us, Eileen Mercolino, she was there. And we had, dude, we had Bobby Blotzer. I got Bobby Blotzer to come in from Rat. John Five was there as a judge. Oh, nice. Uh, my friend Dino Cazares from Fear Factory was there. Um, we had Dimebag Daryl's uh, uh, widow, or I don't, I hate saying widow. I hate saying Rita. Um, Rita, uh, Rita Haney was there. Yeah. Uh, it was a, I mean, it was just an awesome time, you know, and then. So, uh, yeah, I really do miss doing those shows, and we were really super glad that you were able to come down and, and help us out with that, too. So, Oh, it, it yeah. was great. Always I mean, just, just the atmosphere. Always just, yeah, just, oh, you just totally reminded me of all that. So, thanks, Dan. <laughs> no problem, man. We'll see yeah. what we could drag out of the uh, the vault here, when, you know, uh, down memory lane. We'll see what we could do. I feel uh, like my mind. I feel like my mind is like the Smithsonian. Like you know, they call hard. They call hard rock the, the Smithsonian of rock and roll. I mean, that's an actual fact that it is. But with me, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, oh, it's crazy. Man. It's I love it, man. It's it's a rock yeah. museum. I mean, the classic yeah. memorabilia, you guys. I mean, you have the Jim Morrison's pants hanging next to the stage. I mean, the kids are just taking yeah, it all in, getting inspired. It's, it's really, uh, you know, I when I came out. To, to Hollywood, it was 2009 when I moved out here. And I really, really needed to get my life together, do some different things. And, you know, I'd gotten into acting and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> we could tell I never really amounted to anything. Like that. That's a tough gig in LA, but, man. A lot of lines, but, right? But, Audition yeah. City. Dude, it's, uh, it's, a, it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's rough. And so, uh, you know, I got the gig. Uh, I moved out here in 2009 and left for, I got out here and then went back to uh, Texas and Louisiana to work on some movies and, um, you know, all that stuff. And then moved back to LA. And one day my mom's like, Hey, Craigslist is hiring for a new hard rock cafe on Hollywood Boulevard. And wow. so <clears throat> I went up there to the, and the first day I got there, uh, if anyone in LA is listening or they've been, they, they were in the Highland center. That's where the hard rock is. Sorry about that. Hope you guys didn't hear that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, there was, you know, it's a large area. So the nightclub that was there uh, was huge. And so there was a line. I mean, thousands of people in line waiting to go to apply to work at Hard Rock. So um, it must have felt time, like it was an acting audition, right? I mean, the line oh was probably God. as long. You would think that Motley Crue was signing an autograph session or like, or like, you know, somebody was there, a band was there, um, you know, doing meet and greets and stuff like that. Bring your um, headshot with you, right? With your resume. Yeah. So, uh, naturally, I mean, at that time I was, you know, uh, discouraged, very discouraged. Can't lie to you. So I left and, and drove all the way, you know, Redondo beach is 30 minutes away. Sometimes it's two hours away in traffic. 
And so I, I, you know, I said, no way. I said, no way. It's not going to happen. And I drove back home. And, and then the next day, I, some, I woke up really early. And I, something was telling me, like, dude, you need to go back. Don't quit. You know, go back and try again. Got back up there that day. And there was hardly anybody there. And they're like, there's like 40 people there, maybe. I'm like, okay, cool. I can do this. You know what I mean? Sure. Easier, to, in my mind, at the time, was better. So, uh, you know, I ended up having a really new position called a bi-post position that I got that and got hired that day. And uh, and so, it's, it's I mean, I have a lot of stories, but, I, you know, again, like, it's been 10 years. July 5th was 10 years. We've been with the company. So, I've been everything from an ops manager to um, live entertainment coordinator, doing meet and greets, working with artists, um building really great experiences with our guests. Uh, the friendships that I have created through uh, my time in Hard Rock have been insurmountable. I mean, people all the way from Canada, my friends Joel and Stephanie Newfield, I'm gonna give them a plug today, I love them so much. Uh, well, just lots of people, my, my, the teammates I've worked with um, that have always carried the Hard Rock brand as far as what we stand for and the music aspect of it, and all that stuff, for me leaving leaving Hollywood in 2017 and going to a completely different location in San Francisco. Uh, and how having was, to, how was that adjustment? Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, it was hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm not going to be that. <laughs> oh, <it was> so awesome. <laughs> You're right. Like, right it's story yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, it's like, if, if there, there's gotta be, you know, if you're ever going to come out of your comfort zone with certain things, um, Oh, which I used to, and I'm like, I used to complain about that, Dan. He's like, oh my God, not complain. I would sell hard and stuff like that because we know what it's like to be a Marine and the sure. challenges up and down with that, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, I, I grew up a lot, again, as a person. Uh, it was not easy, uh, you know, because when you are comfy and you, uh, you know, you live in a, I lived five minutes behind the hard rock, you know, when I was on the boulevard before. And, um, I, I moved out for once for a month once and then moved back in. And when I moved back in, they made it really easy for me to be a manager there at the apartment complex. You know, just all the all the really little things in life mean so much. And so, uh, you know, when we lived, moved to San Fran, we had to, we lived 30 miles away from the city. 30 miles, 30 miles compared to a five minute walk. As we know, it's life and day. That's day that's days. a game changer, man. That adds to your day. So Absolutely, it is. It really does. Now, um, but that and just you know, uh, they really needed a lot of leadership in that area, and so uh, it was tough at first. It really was. It was, uh, you know, uh, not easy. But eventually, if you keep working hard at it and you show up for work every day and you try to make a difference, and eventually things get better. So things did get better uh throughout time and so by the time i got the opportunity to come back to la um i was very happy for what i'd done in san francisco and then coming back to la you know originally i was supposed to go to universal but as i mentioned earlier that cafe closed down and so then i got a chance to go back to where it all started from again which was the boulevard so um we moved back exactly one day to the year that i was two years to the day that i was gone it was weird how it happened. We moved on Halloween and moved back the day before Halloween two years later. So, um, yeah, so I'm very glad to be back uh, in L.A. Uh, you know, granted, everything that's going on right now in our world has definitely put a damper on certain aspects of being able to have that right. interaction with, um, 
with people. And it's like my fiance was like, you know, you're, I, I've kind of gone crazy in certain aspects um, because of the fact of my ability to interact with people and meeting people. And, Which is what you're so, great at and all about. Like that's, she really, well, I appreciate that. I really do. And I try to be humble about it. I really do. Um, she pointed that out to me yesterday. She's like, we're having a conversation. She's like, you know, you can't sit still. <laughs> like, you have to be, like, you go crazy. Like, you have to be interacting with people. And you know what? And she is 1,000% right about that. Um, so Definitely. being being locked up and, and, you know, being quarantined in certain regards, I don't want to sound like that person. It's like, oh, my God, I can't do anything because there's plenty of stuff I've been able to do without being around a lot of people. Uh, but you know, you miss your job. You miss the people that you work with. Um, you miss the chance of not only being able to interact with people, but to make a difference as well. Um, and that's the other cool thing about hard rock is that, um, you know, that's as close as some people will ever get to their favorite rock stars and blah, 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 all that stuff. You know, the experiences and music and the connection that you're able to make with people is uh, very profound, but on the other aspect of that, all the things that hard rock does outside of that and the philanthropic aspect of it, um, which is one of the things that I have really loved doing for hard rock is being able to give back to the community. Uh, it's been hard. Uh, it's been hard for us not to be able to do that. So, you know, we try to check on our employees and try to make sure everyone's doing okay. And, and you know, we've done uh, hard rock's been really good about trying to take care of its employees in the sense of like getting them grocery cards every few weeks. To help them put, you know, keep food oh, in their cool. houses. That's real cool. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and um, so the philanthropic aspect of Hard Rock is a really great thing. I miss doing that and miss being able to make a difference. But so we're trying to do as much as we can right now to take care of each other and, and all that good stuff. So, anyways, so, but yeah. So, Shane, Shane what are uh, some of your favorite moments and, and guests you've had at the, uh, the Hard Rock over the years? Some of your. Some of those nights um, that just stuck out to you. Well, I think the biggest one out of everybody. Uh, I mean, obviously, when when the Make a Wish kids come in to the cafe, we've done stuff with the Make a Wish kids and uh, have been able to really do some cool things for them. Uh, I'll try not to make this too long of a story with that, but like Peter Mayhew, who everyone should you know be a Star Wars fan. You know who Peter Mayhew is. Um, he, Chewbacca. Uh, his, oh, nice. I think, his, I think it was his niece that came in. Uh, one second. Okay. Uh, yeah, hold on. I had a coin. I have a poker chip that was made for her. Um, I can't find it. But anyways, um, his niece came in. I think it was his niece, someone in his family. He had his own foundation. Uh that he deals with kids and she had like a lung transplant, I believe. And so she came in, you know, and I'm a huge Chewbacca, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, huge. And so I got to meet her and meet her dad and, you know, they were talking about Peter and it was just really a really touching day. Uh, obviously they had a lot of food restrictions um, to where she could not eat certain things. So we knew about them coming in ahead of time. That was good. It was good to be able to take care of her, but just to condense the connection of being able to, but on a bigger note, uh, to answer your question, uh, I think Slash is probably the um, probably one of the coolest dudes yeah. that you could, you know. Yeah, it's uh, pretty, it's pretty that, big in rock and roll for sure. That guy, that guy uh, has been through so much, uh, and and you know, 
he's not only is he an amazing guitar player, but he's an amazing individual, and uh, he's been definitely been through down the road of life, up and down struggles and, and, and successes and all that stuff. So uh, when I found out that we were going to get the opportunity to uh, my old boss Eileen Mercolino at Hard Rock Cafe, she was with Gibson before, so she got uh, Hard Rock. When she came to Hard Rock, she got uh, Hard Rock to get Slash to start to be put on the bullet. And so that oh, was an cool. outstanding day. I, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I remember the day I met him. I remember the first time I met him. Uh, we were at Horberg Jaguar. And it was uh, anybody that's been down on Sunset Strip in Hollywood, those the really big guitars, huge guitars that are on the sides of the street, called Guitar Town. Eileen helped start that. So we were at Horberg Jaguar, and she called me up one day. She said, hey, Shane, can you come down here? Can you meet me at the Rainbow? We're going to have food and pizza. And, Blah, blah, blah. And then we get there. She's like, hurry up. I'm like, we just got here. <laughs> so we run down to Hornburg Jaguar, and I don't have no idea what's going on. It's just an auction for these new guitars. They're going to reveal round number two of the new guitars, and on each guitar is, is made for a specific artist. Everybody from Rage Against the Machine, you know, from Zach Wilde, Kiss, um, Jane's Addiction. It was mostly catered to Hollywood band, right? Sure. But anyways, right. so we're sitting there, and doing our thing and I'm drinking wine and I don't drink wine. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a beer guy. And so, you know, I still don't really know a whole lot of people yet in Hollywood and LA. And so we're hanging out and I feel this tap on my shoulder and I turn around and slash. Nice. And I'm just like, Oh, Hey dude. And so <laughs> Eileen's like, you're going to be taking care of slash. when we do a star ceremony. I'm like, what? Like, you know, so, um, that was a cool day. I got to meet miles Kennedy. That day too, he's absolutely one of my favorite singers in the world. Oh, anybody yeah, he's knows, awesome. Yeah, Miles. Anybody knows Miles? Uh, you know, he's Alter Bridge, and plus he sings for Slash and some of band as well. So that was a good one. Uh, man, there's a lot. Like we used to do some really cool shows with uh, this guy Clay Bush, and Clay Bush is awesome as well. Clay, if you ever come across this, what's up, dude? Uh, he got he was bringing in bands that were just up and coming at the time like um, Black Tide they were these kids I don't think they're together anymore but these guys were really awesome uh, they were a little metal band uh, they started off in Florida and they really grew into something big they're pretty reckless uh, and now they're freaking huge you know Taylor Momsen uh, those shows are really great um, we did a lot of movie premieres we've done stuff where uh, the last one we did was with the Call of the Wild good stuff uh, I mean you're, when you're like 10 feet away from Harrison Ford it's pretty cool. oh that's sweet uh, you know we did Iron Man one of the Iron Man I can't remember which one it was it was either two or three you know Robert Downey Jr. is in the place so we did a lot of cool stuff man you meet really cool people you guys have the perfect met. venue for it and the perfect location yeah. and the yeah. size the size yeah. of, of the Hard Rock Hollywood I mean yeah you guys could fit a lot of heads in there yeah we can absolutely absolutely um, I think my the, one of the other greatest moments too Dan real quick um it's my buddy Sin cut in from ministry. Uh, we were able to get his guitar up. And back in Hollywood, it did take a really long time to do it. But that was a really, really, really special day. You know, and I was like, man, if I could ever help someone get their memorabilia up in, in a hard rock on the wall, uh, that would be a goal of mine to do. And it happened. It, it took a long time to happen. Uh, you just had to go through the right processes and the right avenues and get with the right people that were able to support it and they did that so i'm very grateful to hard rock for that but i'm more happy for first I, I just have to talk about it because oh yeah how, how uh, pumped is he about that I mean, uh, it's been that great it, was, it happened yeah, i think it was i really think it's happened 
four years ago it happened at least. It's been like four years now. Uh, but for that to for that to be able to happen for him, I mean, that's it's all about him, dude. It's all his thing, and it's such a beautiful guitar. So uh, for anybody listening, if you come to Hard Rock and you want to come when we open back up and you want to come check out the guitar, it's, it's to me, it's my favorite. I mean, it's my favorite piece of memorabilia. Now, Shane, so. you have you have a big passion for and a history, right, with uh, the Pantera Boys. Uh, right? You know, it's I mean, a little bit, you know, I mean. Or you remember uh, them coming up? They came up through your your area, right? I mean, well, I, I grew up I grew up in I grew up in Arkansas, born in Arkansas, grew up okay. there in Texas, grew up there in Texas and Florida, uh, you know, and was able to cross paths with with those guys a few times here and there, and um, you know, and then went to Benny Paul's house quite a few times here and there throughout, you know, here and there. Bartended his uh, Halloween parties and stuff like that. Oh, but, nice. You know, That's got cool. to be got to be close. You know, in some aspects, I mean, definitely not best friends or stuff like that. But, you know, yeah. uh, he was very, he was very, him and Dime were very welcoming people, man. Very, Aaron, very. Aaron, Aaron Rossi told me a, a bunch of Dime stories. Yeah. Uh, because he got to meet him through, uh, man, uh, Sykes, the guitar player for Whitesnake, right? John, 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 John Sykes. Sykes. John Sykes. Yeah. John Sykes. Yeah. That's the first guy who like uh, who talked and found Aaron. Actually, I think Aaron was playing at the whiskey, and that's kind of how Aaron got going. That was his first contact, and uh, then he met Dino, and and he was telling me about a night at Dime Bags. It was hilarious. Yeah, there's I mean, everyone. Everyone has. Uh, I was you know been to Dime's house a few times that I can remember. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, the, the the Vinny's house. You know, if, yeah. I mean, I used to live right down the street from him. So, but you know, I'm very proud, very proud for the, or very uh, thankful and very grateful that uh, I got the opportunity to, you know, be close and closer to some people. But definitely, you know, not like like I said, not like you know. Sure. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more other people out there who are <laughs> who've got the time with those guys and have a lot of stories. You know, oh, it but just I seems like good energy around those guys. Just like a good time. I mean, uh, everything I've heard is just a. Uh, just one big party where everyone was, uh, you know, on the same level, pretty much. Just people yeah, hanging out. I mean, Diddy and Dime and, and Rex and Phil are always. I mean, those sort those names right there, you know, iconic, obviously. Sure. Um, um, did did so much to. I don't, I think if a lot of people remember uh, heavy metal or hard rock at that time, right before Pantera really hit. I mean, they got like three other albums before. Cowboys from Hell was Cowboys from Hell was ever released. With ta- what Terry Blaze wasn't it? Uh, Terry Blaze uh, yeah. and then Phil was on the that one before Cowboys. What was it? Projects. Yes, that's uh, right. Projects. Uh, I can, yeah, yeah. Projects in the Jungle know. was it? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, there's well, there's uh, We Are the Night, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like that, and so um, I remember one time, me and Dino were at Ozfest, or no, it was Not Fest. And Jose Mangan was doing uh, a taco metal party, right? And uh, me and Dino had had quite a few drinks already. <laughs> nice. So we're supposed to be these, like, huge Pantera fans, you know? And, like, um, uh, it's power metal. That's what it was. Power oh, metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. There power metal. Great, yeah. So <laughs> Metal Magic was first, Projects in the Jungle, I Am the Night, and then Power Metal was the last. There you go. Bam. Your memory yeah. came came through for us this time. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, but anyways, we were so like trashed. And, and, and Jose Mangan's like, 
hey, dude, what's the name of this pet name is Pantera album? And the Dino and I looked at each other like we were just brain dead. That's a good impersonation, by the way. <laughs> of Jose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jose. He's great. He's awesome. But anyways, yeah, man. Um, Pantera, dude. Pantera. Yeah, I mean, Stuff. that band Stuff. was just – and you know what, Shane? The biggest uh, – my biggest regret, I was supposed to go see them in uh, Syracuse, New York, and I didn't make it. I never saw that band live. That's just – I'll never get over that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, some of my really, really good friends that uh, know me and they're really close with me, and, and you know, and uh, my my friend Carol, we call her Corocha. Uh, she's she's a Yankees fan too, bro. All she's right, a there we fan. go, All right, yeah. Carol. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, she was always like, dude, I never get to see Pantera play, you know. And then so uh, many people were just disappointed that they yeah. never got to re- like. I saw Pantera play. At- Sixteen times, man. I wish I could just uh, borrow one of those shows, man. Imagine you just the, pass that off to your buddies. And give, uh, yeah. So it's like, and some of those were on multiple dates on the same tour. By the way, oh man. <laughs> um, and so uh, the very last time I ever saw Pantera play was in the Ozfest. Uh, they were promoting their official, I think, live one on one album. And then I saw, you know, Diamond Vinny started Damage Plan, and. Um, Saw them the last time they ever played in Texas. In, in, in Anaheim? Oh, I was going to... I was and wondering Fort if you Worth, went to the Anaheim 2000, show. No, 2004 was the last time, you know, when Don right. passed. And so, right. Um, but anyway, yeah, man. Uh, lots of good, lots of good stories and lots of good times. And, uh, you know, we used to yeah. watch Pantera. So we sit around and watch Pantera home videos all the time. And, and like, dude, so like... Those are classic. To, <laughs> well, it's pretty classic when you're reliving... Oh sure, yeah, right, right. Yeah, when you're, that's when you're yeah. reliving the consumption of uh, alcohol. But uh, but it's just good times, bro, because they were doing stuff before nobody. Like they always compared the Pantera Home videos to like Jackass. So um, the Jackass movies, and it did Dom's have a like, Jackass element to it. And like that was like to ride the coattails of Pantera there, Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> dime did it so, first with the Dime Vision, right? The Dime Cam. Well, well. They, I mean, with the Pantera stuff, dude, like Bobby Tongs and all those guys were like Bobby's was the, the cam in hand is what they called it. So, you know, they were doing <laughs> crazy stuff before the Jack. And so it was I think it was. So there's Don Vision one and Don Vision two. And I think Don Vision two is the last one that came out. I think last year, year before last, Don Bag is just, you know, taking a shot at Knoxville. Kind of funny in a way. It's like Knoxville riding the coattails, bro. We were yeah. doing this way before you. <laughs> No doubt. It's just funny. It's just funny, dude. But catch, um, catch the nut. Remember, he'd always say that. Catch the yeah, nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, dude. Lots of lots of good times, and um, uh, you know, got lots of Pantera memo stuff hanging up in my house. And uh, cool story, real quick. Uh, you know, like I told you guys, the Cafe Universal they were shutting it down, and so uh, Benny Paul's drums. It was the black drum set with the white look like white this look like bricks that were on there that drum set had been hanging up on the wall for a really long time and then you know we closed down and i said hey man is it cool if i grab the nameplate off of that and so i just asked right we couldn't hurt to ask that was the very last piece of memorabilia that they took off the wall wow universal and they gave me the nameplate it's in my it's in my thing right now in my how cool case. is that yeah, dude, it's really awesome. You know, um, 
Yeah. Did you guys ever land that classic uh, Lars Ulrich um, white Tama kit from the early 90s, the Black Album, that famous Uh, drum set? Does any of your locations have that? I I can't really answer that question for you, dude. And I hate saying I don't know. Oh, it's all um, good. And let and let me find out. But we getting Metallica stage used gear is very from Metallica is very hard. It's very yeah. very hard. Um, matter of fact, we have up in San Francisco. Oh, this is awesome. I can't believe we're talking about this right now. Uh, <laughs> this is awesome. So we have we have a. a I have the nameplate in front of me right now on my rack um, in my house because it was an ESP guitar. That Hammett used on stage in 1998 to 89 Damage Justice Tour. Uh, reason why I have the names played is because we made a typo on it. Did put two T's in Kirk Hammett's <laughs> name and only have one T. But they gave that to me. They let me have it as a going away gift because it was cool. You know what I mean? It's a nameplate. And that's their so, hometown, right? I mean, that's well, where they really I, made their action. Happen. Well, you know, they think Metallica really got their start. They still were here in L.A. Yeah, and, and then yeah, then he moved up with Cliff. And Hetfield yeah. and Hetfield's like, you know what? Screw this, dude. We're gonna go to San Fran. Yeah. And you know, um, and so, but anyways, it's really hard uh, to get stage used here from Metallica. So that guitar that's up there in San Fran uh, is a rarity. Uh, we do have one of Lars' kits in my cafe. Uh, we have one of his oh, kits. Really? It's from the nineteen ninety four. Europe, MTV European Video Music Awards. Uh, I think that's it's really awesome. Cool. I think yeah. So um, I'm usually pretty good with all the memo of the semi cafe in particular. I, I mean, Shane, that's a huge part. I mean, really, besides just the atmosphere, the food, and the drinks. I mean, it is the memorabilia at the Hard Rock it is really a massive part of what you. Guys it is. Do. It's really huge. Uh, like I was saying before, um, you know, for some people, that is as close as they will ever get to their favorite rock star, their favorite concert, um, sure. you know, stuff of that nature. Um, I've had people come in, you know, and I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Motley Crue fan, dude. I mean, that's why I started getting all my tats, and I'll never forget the first time I heard Shout Out to Devil Out, you know, and, like, Motley Crue changed my life. They did. Uh, say what you will about them now or whatever. I really don't care. Uh, everyone has their own opinion, but that band sure. is amazing. It changed my life, and... Uh, so when we, when I got to see Motley Crue star on the boulevard, I lost my mind and, you know, and then knowing we have Nikki Six's Harley from the girls, girls, girls video in my cafe, uh, he had it painted before he gave it to us in 96 or 95. Uh, that's iconic dude. And like, so we had, you know, display built especially for that, for that, um, for that bike, you know? And it's been oh, is, done is this over, still there? It's yellow, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's still, it's, yeah, it's yellow with, like, it's a Harley. Oh, yeah, I remember that it's got bike. Flame. Yeah, it's still there. Um, uh, I had to make sure I really cleaned it really good before our last day in the cafe in April. <laughs> uh, and so, but, I mean, I've had, you know, we try not to let people ever really get too close to memorabilia or, or do anything sure. like that. Um, you know what I mean? But. For those people that are really diehard fans, I mean, we used to, and then we had it sitting in the lobby at one point, and they had to have it roped, roped, roped it off in certain Right next aspects. to the store, right? Between the, like, the green yeah, area a, and the store. Yeah, the rock shop, yeah. But yeah. but but we redid, we 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 took it out of there for a while because we had when we had Slash's stuff inside that display case after he got a star on the boulevard. 
And then we did a couple other different things to promote um, to promote retail, our retail aspect, which is a very large portion of our sales of Hard Rock. So, uh, but then eventually we, you know, they redid they redid that display case with some different Molly stuff, and the way they did it was really all badass. And so we put it back up in there, right? So I've had people come in the cafe that are like, this chick was just, dude, her whole left or right arm is just tatted. Of, of you know with band members from motley it's got every <laughs> member on her arm dude it was really wow. intricate the detail looks like it was something out of an art gallery bro i'm not even playing and so uh she was obviously she could tell she was a big creed fan <laughs> i'm just kidding uh she right. was a big motley fan but I, I i let her go creed's a good band whatever i don't care what he says uh, <laughs> they walked up in there and and she just like started crying, dude. Like started crying. Oh, she was just there, right? All yeah. the emotion, everything that band yeah. meant to her. So, like, so it's, I know that's a long story, but stuff like that, bro. And like, you know, Michael Jackson's star is not far from the cafe, and so you know, people. We have his fedora, his hat really? that he traded. He tra- he gave that hat to a fan in exchange for Happy Meal toys. Uh, stuff like <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Jim Morrison's pants, like you were talking about. I know. Those pants have been encompassed in those glass for over 13, 14 years now. Yeah, and they're smaller uh, and, than you'd think, right? You go up and you're like, man, was how tall was Morrison? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he wore those pants nearly every day for like two and a half years straight. So That's funny. Um, we got stuff from Jimi Hendrix, his purple hat. Uh, wow. One of probably hundreds and thousands of, of – or one of probably hundreds of Frankenstein, actual Eddie Van Halen guitars that he made. Um, I mean, because Shane, not not only I mean, not only do you work at the Hard Rock, but you work at the Hollywood Hard Rock, yeah, the know, epicenter right? of all of this. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of like the the apex of of the Hard Rock, in my opinion, right? I mean, it's right there in the it, heart it of is. rock and roll. It, yeah, it is. It's the heart of rock and roll. Uh, it's it's great, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very eager to get back to work too. I'm very eager to get back to. Oh man, I'm with, uh, I'm with you there. To, to start getting to start getting some some good vibes going and some good stuff going and get back to get back to basics, man. Get back to doing our thing. And um, I've I've always wanted to, to take a gander and go look in the cafe in Orlando. One of my really dear friends, KT Bloodhorn, works there. Uh, or she worked there. She works at Hard Rock Live now. But Orlando is a good location to go to. Um, I want to go to Times Square, you know and Vegas is always great. Um, well, I think we could both go to both of those together, man. You come out to New York City, we'll go together. Yeah, because I know I just said on. I think we're give, I think we're about ready to segue into something else here because I just said New York Times Square. That's in Vegas, so I know you, and I know what coincides with both of those cities. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not well, too hard. We're, we're gonna get not there, too hard man. To figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know we we could we could jump on that right now. Let me tell you what, producer Don did some research for us about Lars's white drum set. Yeah, he said that there is one in Copenhagen. There's a hard rock in Copenhagen. So so he's so anybody that knows Lars uh, knows he's from Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah, the, and he's yeah. from Copenhagen or Denmark, right? Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. There it is. He's uh, pulled up a picture on Instagram. Yeah, I'm doing the same. I can't. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so yeah, so that's probably a rarity. Good job, producer. <laughs> yeah, he's on it, man. Um, I thought yeah, he was he's sleeping. <laughs> no, he's a he's a he's he's a man, dude. He's the man. Um, he is. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, so it's again, it's really rare for us to get a lot of. 
you know, I don't, if that's necessarily staged used, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, to get staged used gear from Metallic, it's really hard. Like, I think we have, this is going to blow your mind. So remember that video Metallica did, I Disappear from the Mission oh, yeah. Impossible Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we have a Camaro. Really? Or we used to, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It's crazy stuff. That is that is cool. Well, I tell you what, man. I mean, we can go anywhere now. Uh, do you want to talk about your Marine Corps career real quick, or do you want to get into football? Uh, go ahead, uh, man. You make the choice. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, um, one of the main reasons why uh, that you and I are close and and and, and that you're my brother is because of our Marine Corps, um, our Marine Corps blood. You know, Semper and, Fi, bro, from day uh, one. You know, Remember when we met? Every absolutely. Um, you know, my Marine Corps experiences, um, I think everyone has their own in certain aspects of their lives. And, and hopefully for the majority of men and women that go through the Marine Corps, uh, uh, I would, you know, it's a good experience. Uh, mine, uh, it was good, a good experience. I mean, there's always bumps in the road with certain things that happen. And, you know, sure. and we got to be able to make the right decisions at the right time and certain things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm very, I, I'm very proud of my time that I did get to spend in the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, I think there's some things that I wish I would have done differently in certain aspects. Um, but uh, I'll put it to you this way. Um, I'm very proud of proud of my of my time that I got to do in the Corps. Um, and I can say that 1,000%. Um, I think when you're younger, certain things happen and, and your mindset changes and you really realize how much you miss your brothers, you miss a brotherhood, and uh, you miss being a Marine. And I think uh, it's sure. one of the greatest. I think it's one of the greatest things that could has ever happened to me in my life, because it got me straightened out in a lot of aspects, made me wake up and see certain things and how things should be in life. Um, and um, I think you always have to come back to that at the end of the day and remember um, of what that stands for and what you should stand for as a human being. And, and to live up to that tradition, even if you're a civilian, as best as you possibly can. De- definitely. I mean, it really is. Think about how special the Marine Corps Brotherhood is. I mean, it, the family. I mean, it really is a special title to have, have earned. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not easy. You know, and no, I look and I look now and see what the Marines go through when they go to boot camp and the, uh, the crucible and like, oh, my God, we didn't do that at Paris Island. Right? Excuse me, I'm sorry. No, it's all, it's <laughs> all like, good. Uh, we, we didn't go through that. Uh, you know, we did the certain things like the crucible. I think I think when I got out of boot camp in uh, April of 93, and I think a lot of things were going, they're changing then in certain aspects. Uh, stress cards, I don't know if they were using the stress cards. See, I, like I graduated <clears throat> September 94, so about, what, a year and a half after you. So, so did yeah. you have stress cards when you were no, in boot camp? No, no, no. Yeah, that yeah. came later, and you man. Went, yeah. and you, went to Par- you went to Paris Island, Par- right? Yep, east of the Mississippi, yep. Usually is how third, it worked. Third, yeah. third battalion? No, I was uh, first, Delta. Delta uh, Company, first battalion, yep. <laughs> right, there near battalion. The par- right there near the parade deck. Parade Ele- deck, yeah. 1197, yeah. so we'd have to stare out at that parade deck every day. You were third yeah. battalion? Third Battalion Leader so Company. Out in the boonies. 30. Out in the boonies, huh? Dude, we got thrashed. You got, you know, <laughs> hey, I got to admit, this thrashed. is always a Paris Island argument about 1st Battalion and 3rd Battalion. You know, 1st first, first Battalion, it was always, you know, you guys get pampered because you're right there where the civilians come in and see people graduate. There's probably a lot of truth to that. 
third battalion you guys are out there man so we're the pt monsters bro yeah you guys are out there in the wilderness huh yeah i mean it wasn't too bad i mean paris island i mean now i think it's even uh how about when you graduate boot camp and then you get into your school or your training soi and whatnot and uh then you start talking to the Marines. We call them the Hollywood Marines, right? The San Diego Marines. And they would say, yeah, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hollywood Marines. Yeah. I try to yeah. stay away from that, bro. Cause I've had some really good brothers that were some, you know, bad, you know, what's, uh, that went to, oh, yeah. went to boot camp. And I try to, oh, no, we get it. We get in really funny, like funny heated debates about it. And, oh, well, that's remember yeah. the argument was always like, well, we got the Hills or like, we got the swamps and the, in the nasty bugs. And they're like, Hey, yeah, dude, but, you, but those, I, yeah. I tell you right now, those hills in Pendleton are no joke, bro. Oh, not at all, man. Oh, I've, I've been on a few. It's okay, not. So you uh, know what's up. It's oh, yeah, up. yeah, definitely. I've spent time at Pendleton. It's no joke. Yeah. Yeah, so, no joke. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is cool, though, man. I mean, I, I miss, I mean, the camaraderie. And that, that's what's one of the greatest things about what we're doing now is, uh, you know, guys like you and I who are so passionate about music and veterans in the military. I mean, to me, American Warrior is the blending of both worlds. I mean, it's just the, everything that we're into. So, I mean, it's just a really cool thing. Yeah, it is. It's great. And that's, you know, that's, um, and I'm very honored. And, you know, when I saw what you were doing and I had wanted to reach out to you for a long time and I just hadn't had the opportunity to do so. And uh, so when I think, I think in one good aspect of with this pandemic, um, it's trying to force our hand into doing some things that we wanted to in a, in a conducive way. Right. Uh, if that makes sense, you know, and so, uh, seeing what you're doing and being able to, um, be a part of that and help you with and help the company with what direction we want to go in and what we want to do is certainly a, a, an amazing thing. Um, you know, providing the free entertainment for veterans and, and other outlets to help them make their lives better. is something that's absolutely, uh, essential, um, is an essential task to, to apprehend. Um, but, you know, I, I will tell you, along with that at the same time, though, it's really difficult to see uh, the way that certain things are with people out here that are less fortunate in L.A., you know. Right. And so, you know, I live in Studio City. Uh, there's a lot of overpasses that go between the 101 and 134, you yeah. know, a parking lots full of people who who are working, but they just don't have a place to live. And so, you know, the more I, and I've helped, I've helped them out to certain degrees. We've gone to the store and bought them food and done stuff to help them out, right? But like when you think about our brothers and sisters that uh, have been veterans or uh, don't, who don't have anything and who need our help, uh, I was just like, you know, I really need to reach out to Dan. I really do. And, and, we, and we're and, so glad you did, man. And we're so thankful to have you <clears throat> on as our LA team leader and just have you establish the contacts and kind of plant the seeds out there i mean it it is the birthplace of american warrior los angeles is so it's it's home base really so uh i mean along with new york so to have you out there kind of locking things down for us and uh making yeah, those contacts I'm, is a huge help yeah it's uh you know um it's again you know with with the way that corona's been this covid 19's been out here and stuff um you know, it's put a restraint on certain things and certain aspects. But I sure. think we gotta you gotta work through those things and, and find where those opportunities are gonna present themselves. So uh, that's what we're doing and and that's what we hope to get accomplished, you know, and it, it's gonna be really awesome to when we get back to um, 
I keep, I, I keep, I, I hate saying, oh, this is the new norm. This is a new norm. And, right. um, you know, some, some people like to say that and what's that, it, the, yes, there's going to be a lot of changes. Our world is a different place now because of what's going on. But, um, I'm looking down the road in the facts of trying to be, let's you know, get back posi- to what, what as, we know, as right? Posi- as yeah. positive as we possibly can be being safe as, as we po- being as safe as we possibly can be. Um, and this trying to build relationships and establish relationships with people that are going to be able to support our cause. Um, that's what's really important. You know, uh, it's going to be great to go up to that person that you're trying to help and say, Hey, who loves the Raiders? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, say, man. Hey man. And say, Hey, guess what? Guess what I got for you. This is what we're going to do. You're going to go to the Raiders. Game. You know, what yep. stuff like that, dude. And, but you know, whether it's doing that or being able to provide uh, some food for someone you know, that doesn't have anything. You know, whatever we can do, whatever capacity that we can to make a difference. So I think we're going to start um, trying to reach out to some other food banks that are out here and doing stuff on that on that level. Um, yes. You know, and, and, then sl- and then slowly, it's a real, it's, it's going to be a real be- rebuilding process too right now. So... It's trying to rebuild back into a function of normalcy. And, um, you know, so I'm just, you know, even though there's a little bit of a constraint on certain aspects of life right now, again, we're looking at getting outside of that. And when things get ready to, to be full tilt, man, it's going to blow up like crazy. And so we're really going to do our best out here to, to, to make you proud and, and do everything we can to help people that need it. Thanks, brother. And we've had uh, some good news. I mean, since we've been down with the events, I mean, we focused on this here podcast, uh, team building, team organization, and we just hired our first team recruiter. And she's been crushing it on uh, Indeed. She's going on there and she's been just doing amazing, putting amazing posts up and setting up interviews. So uh, we now have a team member that can take care of all that for us. And she's doing a great job. Outstanding. Yeah. Yep. And our, and our, our, uh, our other organization, the nonprofit that we're forming is being formed by our attorneys in uh, Newport beach. So we're going to have that up and running alongside the regular American warrior, uh, traditional arrangement we have. So we're going to have a bunch of things coming up here, man. That's great. That's outstanding. You know, we need, we need all the, all the good things that could, that can happen right now as possible. So yeah, yes, <laughs> we certainly do. That's we really, sure. really do, man. Really do. Um, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm tremendously excited about being able to be a part of the organization. And you know, you know me, Dan. One of my biggest things is uh, live music. And, oh yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what those possibilities are going to look like. Uh, realistically, I don't really think that any. I don't really think that a whole lot of live music, and in general, is going to be able to happen until next year. But right. We're hoping that doesn't happen, though. So you know me, my biggest my my, my biggest hope is that we're able to do a, a you know a really good live event uh, in the next few months. Hopefully, if things permit, if things permit, then hopefully we can get that squared away and, and really go. Okay, we're back. Here we go. We're going to do this live event. We're going to rock your asses off and boom, and it's for a good cause. So that's that's what our hope is. You know, is to really do something of that nature. So awesome. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it's and then of course we gotta uh, we gotta give a lot of thanks to those people out there, 
Like my mom's a nurse now. She's not your typical type of nurse. Uh, she deals with a lot of high-tech technology that go with uh, monitoring anesthesia under sedation and stuff like that. But she's in, she's in hospitals. She sees what's going on. And so, um, you know, it's rough. It's really rough. So you got to give thanks to all those people out there, the first responders and the people that are working in the hospitals um, to try and do whatever they can to help take take care of people, man. So. They're doing, I don't a phenom- get, doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, sure. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, things with me. You know, it's it's hard not to be a marine or a veteran and be political about certain things, but really right. just try to stay far away from that. And and instead, uh, and instead of that, more or less giving thanks to those people who are out there putting their lives on the line to take care of these people that are sick. Man, you you just said it. You hit the nail on the head right there. That's what yeah. American Warrior is all about. Uh, we we really, we tell people, are you, uh, you know, our, our slogan, it's a celebration of our troops, veterans, and American way of life. And you love to support the veterans in the military, and you like a good party and live music, this is a home for you. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter where you come from, your background, your views, come in and enjoy the party, shake a veteran's hand, and let's just celebrate the people, you know. Uh, that's Absolutely. what it's all about with us. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that, yeah, I, th- I think that we just need to, uh, like I said, just be con- conducive with our thoughts and try and do the best that we can to support one another, one another with this time. And um, it's all about, like you said, man, it's all about how when you have strength in numbers. Yeah, that's right, numbers, sir. Right? There we go. Yeah. Strength yeah. in numbers. That's what it's all about. You know, you have to be able to, to, uh, to set aside certain differences and set aside certain things and just realize right. what it is that we're all about. And uh, I think if we're able to, you know, to, to have our strength in numbers and do the best we can to get people on board, not just with what we're doing, but just to you know, get on board with each other on promoting positivity. Right. Um, we could use that. 100%. We could use it, bro. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's just really hard some days sometimes for certain things in life. It's super hard. But I think if you just keep focused on what the end goal is and um, try and do your part to be a good human, uh, right. then you know, hopefully everything will work itself out the way it's supposed to. So. That's the truth right there. And, and yeah. yeah, man, I mean, I was, I was just so excited when you uh, contacted me about helping us out here. And, and then just it's you've been so you know consistent with it. And keeping in touch with me. And, hey, man, check this out. I got this guy here. And, you know, I'm coming out to L.A. soon in about nine days. I can't wait to see you guys, man, both you and Don and the whole crew. I'm yep. excited to come out. I'll be out there for uh, five weeks. So it'll be uh, yeah. good we're all time. scared. We're all, we're, all, we're, all, we're all like, oh, man, that Raiders fan's coming out. Here. Yeah, we, I mean, we, 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 get, we got to get into that now, right? I mean, it's been like a boiling pot, this football. We've just been wanting to talk about it since the first five minutes. So I think it's time uh, we get into it, man. And might as well bring I, uh, producer Don in. He knows a little bit about the NFL. He'll come in and try to bring that Chiefs, Chiefs stuff in. But, you know, we're good. There he okay. is. Like, he, yeah, he can do that, though, bro. He, he's, he, he World can do, champs, he can right? The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of hard to are you, hard to ignore that. Are you, you don't want me bringing in the Chiefs. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys straight up before we go any further in this conversation that I I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. Diehard. I choose to be one of those really quiet Cowboys fans and not uh, really talk a lot of trash uh, and just and just are watch you, the game. You know. Nice. 
Are you? I, I think you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong groove. Me and Dan talk <laughs> shit to each other all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will tell you. I'll tell no, you a I'll, little. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I remember it was. Uh, this is crazy. Again, time frame. So I think it was right after we moved back. No, no, it couldn't be because uh, no, we moved back October of 2018. It was last year. It was this year, I think. Yeah, it was this year. I think I want to say February um, or March. No, February, January. I don't can't remember. Uh, but we were going to bowl at Lucky Strike here in, in Hollywood, you know, and that's like my place to go bowling. Mm, that is your and joy. So, yeah, it is. I love it, and I love the staff there. They've always treated us like family there, and so my boy Dewey. And Dewey, um, he's in a band called Kill Devil Hill, Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative, and Danzig, and blah, blah, blah. Nice. So Dewey and, I, Dewey and I love to go bowl. And him and Christina were going to meet us at Lucky Truck, right? So I get in there, and they're like, hey, there's not a lane open. And so we walk all the way down, and they let us get on the last lane. And I see this, you know, this guy. And from the back, I'm like, is that Dak Prescott? And it was. No way. And I nice. sit there for like five minutes, just and my wife and my fiance's. I don't ever get nervous, man. And she's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And I'm just sitting there looking. Now I'm not staring at the guy. It would be awkward. Um, <laughs> He's like, "Hey, but I'm like, dude, but dude, here. I'm a like die-hard Cowboys fan, bro. Like, for sure, I mean, definitely. You know, and, and then um, die-hard Cowboys fan. So, um, and finally, I just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna say, hey, man, I'm Shane. He looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I feel like the biggest dumbass in the world. I'm like, hey, uh, I, I'm one of your, you know, okay, I'm one of your all-time fans, man. I'm like, who said that? Like, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. So then, so then Dewey saw him, right? And Dewey's like six three. Dewey's like six three, and and I'm like, dude, Dax Prescott's like, Dax Prescott's here. Don't say nothing to him because Dewey's a Saints fan. Like, he's a Saints fan, and Ashley's my girl's wow. a Saints fan. So like, you know, the Hoodats. Yeah, I have to be a Hoodat fan, too, unfortunately. Uh, it's, not, it's not that bad. But anyways, so Dewey goes up to him. We're bowling, you know, and Dewey, and Dewey walks up to him and says, hey, what's up, and uh, this and that. And and he, and then we bowl a couple more games, and then Dewey walks up to him and says, hey, man, Drew's my number one, but you'll always be my number two. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> oh, my God. I just can't wow. believe that Dewey said that to Dax Prescott. No. It, was, it was hilarious, dude. Don, uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, off the air about uh, Prescott's contract and everything. What do you think that whole that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, the, it's funny that uh, Shane says you know that he's he's a quiet Cowboys fan. Honestly, th- just thinking about Cowboys fans in general, like I've never really ran into a lot of like boisterous loud Cowboy fans. I think the fan base itself has always been kind of a a real quiet kind of what? humble. <laughs> but then again, then again, I wasn't really around. Uh, like really cared about football when when the Cowboys were like huge. I mean, I was still like, like a Niners fan at like eight years sure. old around that time. So so maybe I didn't notice it. And then since then, they haven't been back at that you know prominent position. You keep so, bringing up Randy you know. White. Oh, okay. Right, oh. Yeah, <laughs> hey, 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 don't give me. Hey, but okay, don't, going, going no to Prescott. Can... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, uh, I just say I caught a pass from Randy White when I was a kid. Dude, Randy White was the man. He was a beast. Yeah. We opened up the mall. We opened up a mall in Hot Springs in front of like 500 people, and I caught a pass in front of all these people. How cool is that? Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. 
Hey, some dude awesome. caught a pass from Pat. Some dude caught a pass from Patrick Mahomes last year during the parade and got knocked out by a fire hydrant. So you know, there's that. Really? What? <laughs> you guys didn't see that? No, oh, dude, it's no, hilarious. No, it's fu- It no. was fucking hilarious. It was during the celebration during the parade. Mahomes is on the on the bus, right? And somebody tosses him a football. So he just tosses it into the to the crowd, like launches it, and you, the camera follows it. Some guy catches it, like he's running to catch it. He grabs it. But then he's not paying attention. There's a fire hydrant right in front of him. Oh, Bam! <laughs> literally right in front of it goes like wow. head, you know, head over heels, man. It was hilarious. I'm sure the he was thought right. it was worth it, though. Oh, it totally. Like it. they interviewed him. <laughs> it was uh, funny. It was, it was like all over the news, like a bunch you know, of times. You guys during... know, that Cow- Cowboys fans are brutal, though, dude. Because I was on, uh, I was on. They did their first press conference, I think, in a long time on Facebook the other day and it was McCarthy and Jerry Jones and what Jerry Jones's son Steven I think and the oh, whole yeah. time there the whole time during you know the whole time everyone's talking trash Cowboys fans are brutal bro like it's yeah. like the well, ones I, met, I think yeah. I, I mean they I think are, they're brutal like, to to themselves though like I think they're you're more they're more critical to their own team than they are to other uh, other teams that I've seen well like, I, it's me too kind of like I mean, Jets fans that's kind of the experience that I've always, um, I've always had. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, it's really hard to see the Cowboys have all those losing seasons uh, for a long period of time before Troy Aikman came along. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and I'm, and really, turn, hey, and really I'm a Chiefs fan. Believe me. No, you know what's up. Yeah, <laughs> I feel right? you on that. I feel you even, on that. It took us 50 even, years, man. Yeah, even like Saints fans, you know, for the the years that they didn't win and. It was hard for them when that city won that Super Bowl when they won Katrina or after Katrina when they won Katrina, when they won that Super Bowl after Katrina, that city I think absolutely needed that to happen. Yeah, that, that uh, without that without question, huge. you know. And so, but with Dallas, man, I mean, listen again. I love, I, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I do, and you can say what you want to say, hate what you want to hate. I'm, but I don't get into all that bullshit with people. You know, I just want to watch football. I just want to watch. I want to watch good football, and so um, you got to respect the Chiefs. You, I love Mahomes, dude. Guy's one of my. He's up there. Yeah, my he's favorite, a special talent. My favorite three well, quarterbacks uh, right now are Prescott, of course. No, uh, no I got four: Prescott, Breeze, Mahomes, Carr? and no, no way. <laughs> Car wreck. Oh man, no way. We got the hey, same grade. Well, oh, it's my, coming. Don't worry, it's coming. Mm-hmm. I was going to say what? about Dak Prescott, though, when he came yeah. out, because um, I've always been, I mean, I've, I can't say I've been a, a Cowboys fan, but I've always liked the Cowboys. Like, I like them, you know, I respect them when Tony Romo was there. I like what they did. Um, I like, did there's too. a couple yeah. of teams that I yep. don't outright hate that I'm just like, that I'll kind of root for. Cowboys being one of them, like the Falcons are another one. The Saints a little bit, you know. Um, yeah. and, and then, obviously, my Chiefs are my number one, but... Uh, when when Prescott came out, I remember that draft, and I and I remember just watching the combine and looking at him. I'm like, damn, this guy's really good, and I thought he was the best quarterback in that draft. So right. when the Cowboys took him, I kind of immediately knew. I'm like, oh wow, they're gonna get better. Like they're immediately they're like, he's gonna be they're good. Like because you knew they were moving away from from Romo, like that was coming. So I'm like, yeah, that's a good pickup. They're, you know, he's they need a mobile guy. They need someone a little more athletic. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be good with Prescott. And then, you know, they've been, they have been, they just haven't been able to get over that, that hum, kind of the way the Chiefs were for a long time, getting to the playoffs, but then kind of getting bumped out or then maybe sometimes missing the playoffs. Uh, but I do think he's definitely one of the top five uh, quarterbacks in the league. 
definitely not happy about his last. Uh, he's not happy about his last uh, contract deal. He's on that one year franchise tag for thirty one million dollars. Yeah, not happy. So it'll be interesting to see what they do it's, with him. It's one year. Next it's one year, year to kind of buy it's, time. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to restructure yeah, the it's, contract. It's they one, they, they, they didn't year, come yeah. up with an agreement. I just, so what's I'm, interesting yeah. is I'm hearing that. You know, because next year that salary cap is going to go up even more. So, and he's not happy. So, what I mean, does he not sign it? Does he sit out? Do, do they trade him? Like, are you guys at risk? What do you think? Are you guys at risk of losing Dak Prescott next year? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I was, yeah. I, I, I'm glad Andy Dalton came on. I mean, Dalton had a uh, somewhat of a, you know, he does ups and downs in Cincinnati. So, I think it's, you know, good to have a good backup. But I think we've got to, you need to make. I think you need to make Dax happy, and, and if, if he's going to play the football, he knows he's capable of playing. Because when you get, I think when you fir- firmly get all the components together on a good offense, that all you know, good offensive line, and everything else, I think he's going to be able to make some headway and get us to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think you have to pay for what he's worth, you know. So. Yeah, it's I mean, gonna, I, 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 it's going to be go a big ahead, year, big year for uh, Derek Carr as well. Now with the new, with the new, hey, no, it's not. I mean, you you got the new what? weapons now. He's got some what? new weapons. What? I got yeah. some news for you about that. Go ahead though. Go ahead, Dan. Some, I mean, but, hey, we got we got your uh, cowboy tight end man. We got Witten there to teach uh, Waller the ball okay, or the ropes. One, one thing I am going to get tell you that I'm extremely pissed off about is that he went to Oakland. Oh yeah, he loves the Raider I've been, franchise, I, I've been, man. I've been, I've been I've been holding it in, Dan. I've been holding it in. <laughs> I've been holding it in and. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy about that. They but, got a, we got a few of your guys. Let's see who else did we get from Dallas. Uh, we let's see uh, the no. Uh, Kow- how do you say his name? Kowalski or he's he's a Chicago Bear linebacker, right? Nick K W I A T O or what is it? K O S K I can't say that name, but he's a he's he's a Chicago Bear. Jeff Heath wasn't he a Cowboy? Um, I think he was. Jeff Heath. He was a, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Right? He was a football safety. Yeah. Yeah, he was. God, he's young. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, hey, he's, hey, with the, he's never, yeah. What's up, Don? No, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, uh, Derek Carr's got some new weapons. I mean, we got a beast of a running back, Josh Jacobs. So I think with some, uh, you know, some down the field weapons and better tight end, I mean, he has Waller and now he has Witten. He's got a lot of tools to, uh, in a new system or the system he's been in for three years. So I expect some good things. I mean, they were what seven and nine last year, so just about five hundred. I think they can make a couple uh, game advance this year, go nine and seven, ten and six, maybe eleven and five. I think that's realistic. Hey, you guys, you ready, in a, ready? In a brand you new ready stadium. for me to burst your bubble? What? You ready for me to burst your bubble here with your 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 uh, your um, man crush on Derek Carr? Well, I wouldn't so call it a man is, crush. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, we're hoping for the best. So th- this is news out of your uh, out of your own head coach's mouth Mar- about uh, Mariota being a playmaker. About Marcus Mariota, yep, he's interesting. Quote: This is from John Gruden. He took off well, a hey. couple of times today, and it really fired me up. He's been hurt, but he looks like his ankle's ready to turn the corner. He's a dazzling playmaker on his feet, and that's the key to this game. That's from John Gruden, hey, the guy who I, I don't loves care who he puts in as long as we can win some ball games. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if uh, they to give Mariota a shot. I'm telling you, Car- I think Car Wreck is done in Oakland, man. And, Car and it sounds Wreck. Like Such Gruden. disrespect. On the official Raiders, <laughs> ch- on the official Raiders channel. <laughs> That's brutal, bro. Derek Car Wreck, is that what you said? 
Yeah, do you believe yeah, that the uh, official producer Don and the official American Warrior podcast with the, the Raiders <laughs> being our team, you're going to talk like that? Don, oh, it's man. okay. It's it's Don, it's okay. It's yeah, your team. I know. Shit your talker, team. the highest order. So, uh, I, but yeah, man, I, I, I got two other ahead, friends that are, die, that are diehard Raiders fans. My buddy Jamie Zimlin. Yeah. yeah, you will. <laughs> and my friend Gary. And Gary, my friend Gary lives in Dallas, Fort Worth, dude. And he's like the most hated Raiders fan in Dallas. Raider Nation so is we, everywhere, man. It's it's kind of oh, like the Marine dude. Corps. Once you meet a Raider fan, it's like, what's up, brother? You know, it's kind of like. No, 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 no. You can't even – don't even compare the Raiders to the Marine Corps, bro. What? <laughs> hey, I'm going to blow what? your mind, Shane. Do you know what the name of the, the new Marine Corps – well, they're around since the 40s, but they disbanded them and brought them back. Do you know the name of the Marine Corps Special Forces? Yes, it's a Raider unit. Yeah. Is, is, it, is that just coincidence or is it destiny? I think you need to go have a few beers, bro. I got a question. It is I got, cool. It I got is a question cool. for it both of cool. you guys. It's, it's almost too much for me, man. My brain's going to explode. It's just too much awesomeness, you know? Yeah. I got a football question. I got a football question for both of you. What do you got? Go and, ahead. Uh, and, uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll uh, time out here. But uh, uh, So here, here's a question for both of you, talking about your quarterbacks, and we'll go with Shane first. But given Dak's uh, situation – next year and then there's a quarterback who's been heavily hyped coming out of college projected to be the number one draft pick in uh trevor lawrence so do you think with dak prescott's situation and kind of the way jerry jones handles business do you think you guys will i know where this is going move on on dak prescott to try to get trevor lawrence and similar question for you dan knowing john gruden who loves athletic explosive quarterbacks seeing trevor lawrence out there for the taking do you think he would go and try to get trevor lawrence but we'll go with shane's answer first um again you know being the quiet cowboys fan that i am and i tend to think of uh uh, a lot of things logically and or at least i try to and um with the best intentions of the cowboys organization um I think there's something brewing. I think there's something brewing up in Jerry's mind right now with exactly what you're talking about in regards to this guy. Um, I think uh, the Cowboys would have to – I mean, what would it take for them to get a number one draft pick? You know, getting rid of Dax and getting this guy? Who knows? Well, um, it dep- I, I mean, unless they tank the season, maybe that's depending what I was on where they say. finish. Which yeah, will, I, was, I don't I don't see that happening either. Uh, I mean, no. I'm not gonna I, I you know take an entire season just to get a quarterback for the yeah, next year. Yeah, right, right. That'd be stupid. Yeah. I I, t- I certainly think if you go into if you go into the mindset of having uh, being that way, that you're stupid. Uh, right, right. You got to play but, every year. Or hold on, let me. Now I'm sounding like the harsh Cowboys fan. You're stupid. <laughs> um, uh, you're, I think you have to rethink your strategy. Um, but you know, with with Jerry Jones, uh, Don, it's it's hard to say. He's always got a plan. He's got something going on. I just wish it would be something that's conducive that's going to put us in a good place to get us back to the game. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so um, now, now the possibility without tanking the season, another possibility that is very realistic is whatever team that is in last place that gets that number one draft pick, you do have Dak Prescott, who is a high-profile quarterback. So it's not out of the realm to, that, yeah. to 
think, yeah, to think, hey, yeah. we want the number one draft pick. We'll give you this year's number two and next year's number two and Dak Prescott for that number one. That I team think might be best enough. Yeah, and they get they get the number one draft pick. So that's that's interesting. How it's about you, Core? There's a lot of risk with that. No, a lot ahead. of risk. I think absolutely one of the things with Derek Carr that people have to recognize is which quarterback in the first five years in the league had more offensive coordinator and head coach changes and system changes than that quarterback. You know, I mean that oh, was a Smith. big that was a big thing. Well, yeah, I mean he had a, he had a different head coach pretty much every year and, and different coordinator. So I, I think that now in, in what year three in the Gruden system, right? We're on year three. I think. The, the, yeah. This is the make or break it year for him, um, and a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I think that after this year, they're going to really be able to see where he's headed with the same system and the new the new weapons that he has too. I mean, the Antonio Brown thing last year was a big debacle. That's you know, that was just ridiculous. So, I think that would Gruden definitely look at someone in the draft and be ready to move forward? Oh, absolutely. I think he would jump on that, especially now having the. Uh, sample size that he has with Derek Carr, I think he'll have all the information he needs to make the best decision to bring the Raiders in the excellence back to the forefront. Because no one commits to excellence like the Raiders. We know that. Well, you know, John Gruden yeah, isn't really, been, he's not really shy about him, him yeah. you know, wanting to replace Derek Carr with Marcus from Mariota. Yeah, I know. He's, well, that's, he's a, that's why I find Because he comments. gets too excited. He doesn't have a poker face with that. He's really going to let you know what he's feeling. I, I, I like Gruden. I have to tell you, I like, I've always liked Gruden to a certain degree, um, especially, well, I think Tampa Bay is my other team, okay? I know oh. that people only say, uh, I know people can say, oh, you're only supposed to have one football team, right? But for me as a kid growing up, you know, um, I got to tell you, my favorite Raiders player of all time, Dan, is, is the 70 where Marcus Allen is probably good, obviously Bo Jackson. But when I was growing up as a kid, my teams were the, were the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Cowboys. Tampa Bay, always loved it. I still have my Doug Williams jersey when nice. he played for Tampa. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So, um, you know, Tony Dungy did when he got when he brought Tampa a Super Bowl, bro. It was one of the best things that's ever happened in my life because they were the laughing stock along with the Saints for of the NFL for so long and the uh, Chiefs uh, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And, <laughs> no. Exactly. Uh, and so not, not, no, okay. not anymore. Not anymore, brother. Uh, not anymore. But, uh, you know, so, but when John Gruden took over in Tampa, uh, it was a good thing, you know. It was, was a good thing. That so, was a tough, that was a tough Super Bowl, man. Was, it was. Yeah, that was hard. It was really Raiders, hard. But Raiders, Bucks. I know, but so who do you think actually carried that team to win the suit? Do you think it was Don Gruden, John Gruden or it was Tony Dungy's coach? Well, I, I, th I think that, um, I, I think it's multifaceted. I think that Dungy built an amazing team had the foundation right. there, had that team poised to win. And I think Gruden, being one year removed from the Raiders, knew Rich Gannon very well, knew the system very well. I think you had right. those two things combined, and uh, they just got, got, got outplayed, you know, turnovers. Um, the Bucks defense was a beast of a defense. Um, just great. I mean, what, three Hall of Famers on that defense? Or not, three or four? I think four. Yeah. Lynch, Lynch, uh, Barber, Sapp, and Brooks. Yeah, four, four Hall of Famers. So yeah. uh, I think you add all those things up together as a perfect storm in a tough day for Raider Nation. Oh, very tough day. <laughs> yeah. Go well, ahead. Rub it in. Twist the knife, yeah, assholes. Bro. Yeah, brother. Well, yeah, brother. I tell you what, brother. 
Let me well, I think it's, it's their, their Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Their Super Bowl. <coughs> it's funny, that Super Bowl is, is uh, similar in the circumstance of, like you said, Gruden knowing, uh, you know, the Raiders the and, system, and being able yeah. to take advantage of that. Uh, it's very similar to the Eagles and their Super Bowl win a couple of years ago because I said it the same thing. Basically, you had a uh, head coach and Doug Peterson coming into an organization that was pretty well put together, but then all of a sudden you have their young quarterback who was, you know, pretty good, explosive, and he gets injured, and their backup was a guy who he is very familiar with, who he just came from the Chiefs with, but spent a lot of time in, you know, uh, in Kansas City at the same time. Like, so bringing in a quarterback in, um, what the hell is it, uh, Nick Foles. You know, obviously Nick Foles was drafted by the Eagles. Doug Peterson was there. And then Doug Peterson goes with Andy Reid to the Chiefs for a couple of years, that final year Doug Peterson was there, Nick Foles was a backup at the Chiefs. So that Super Bowl year for the Eagles, all of a sudden Nick Foles goes with Doug Peterson. I mean, it was easy. It was an easy transition. It was like he had two starters who knew his system, so there was no loss in uh, playability. And so, again, it was kind of like a circumstance situation for them when they won that Super Bowl. It was very easy, which is why you haven't seen them kind of go back to that because now the situation's different, you know? Right. That's interesting. I mean, it's going to it's going to be a fun season. I mean, it's going to be uh, definitely different. I mean, they've came out and said no fans in the stands. Right, Don? Yeah, that's, much, that's right? I mean, the that's newest, really the, the newest I was going to ask man. you. That was, I was horrible. I got to ask you guys. So do you foresee the season actually happening? I, I think it's, it's going to be kind of like baseball. Maybe I, I think they're going to have to adjust on the fly. Maybe if a team. Like baseballs had to postpone games and uh, cancel games and move them because one team tested and it's been really interesting. But so far they're getting the games in. But you have one team that'll have maybe 15, 20 games, another t- team will have maybe 10 games in. So I, I think it's just going to be uh, kind of a- adjusting as they go. But I, I mean, from what everything I've heard, that yeah, there's not going to be fans in the stadiums at least in the early going. So you guys, you guys are probably definitely looking forward to week five. Oh, is that week five? Uh, Raiders, 10, 11. Raiders and Chiefs, 10-11. Yeah, in fact, it went, when is it? 10-11? I think so. I'm looking oh, up right Oh, man, now. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be back in New York because Don and I, it's usually tradition where we try to get together for those games. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's usually always a blast. Well, especially for this asshole. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you guys are supposed you guys are supposed to do a preseason game on the twenty first of this month. Really, that's interesting. They're well, there's no, the preseason. there's no, there's oh, no, no preseason. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was the Raiders and Forty, but there is no preseason. All it's right. all been canceled. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So. so the new there, there's definitely going to be a season. The NFL is like like got their foot in the dirt about that. They're like we're having the season. It's going right. off on time. Uh, no fans though. Not at this point. They're saying yeah, no fans. The now, whole year, probably. Whether, right. Yeah. And, and whether now, originally they were saying that they were going to have limited capacity. Right. Um, now there's it's looking more like no fans. Um, and then the talk is they're still not sure if they're going to even be able to finish the season, depending on what happens. There is some talk. A lot of people believe that we may not have a, a whole season. You know, they might have to cut a trip. So that's up in the air. But so far, there is going to be a season. It's going to start on time. And no fans. That and that's kind of where they're at that's, right now. Yeah, that's the information. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm it's, pissed it's, because week two, the Chiefs are going to be here in Los Angeles to play the Chargers, and I'm not going to get to go because no fans. Don, so. you're, Don, you're, Don, you're here in LA, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here in Los Angeles, too. Oh, yeah. we got to hang out, bro. I'm right, exactly. La Puente, City of Industry, is actually the little town I'm in, which is gotcha. uh, about 20 miles east of uh, downtown. Yeah, it's it's um, cool. You know, it's 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 really going to be interesting to see how everything plays out too. Um, as as Dan knows, I'm a huge wrestling fan too, big wrestling fan. Uh, it's always been part of my life, you know. And uh, pro, pro wrestling really, really, or, or amateur wrestling? Pro wrestling, bro. Don't be talking smack. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Dude, see, we got so much in common. We can talk yeah, football. Bro, we can talk see, wrestling. I, Star, yeah, Star, I, Star Wars. Star Wars too. This and Star Wars. Oh yeah. Yeah, Don, oh, yeah. Star Wars nerd. Yeah, me too, bro. I think, um, but, but I I'm, think I'm going to have really... to uh, uh, fire Dan out of the podcast and make you the new host, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's messed up. That's okay. Hey, dude, Shane would be Shane would be a, a great host to fill in for us too, man. I think Shane could pull hey, us off, I think, man. Yeah, I, think, I think we found our, 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 our uh, emergency guest host there where we I need think we do. Shane, you <clears throat> step in for me, man, if I'm on a show or something or need some help. What? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Check. Is this on? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's because it, uh, uh, WrestleMania is supposed to be in LA next year at the wow. new stadium. Oh, uh, oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's supposed to be there. So it's really, you know, and I really want to try and get us hopefully involved with the American Warrior Festival, do something with WWE because that would be great. That would be uh, insane. It would be insane, be right? Insane. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking big here. I, I do, you know, we talked about some of the smaller stuff that AWF is going to be working with, what we want to try to do, but. I think if if we can get involved with WWE in some capacity when they come out here next year. Oh, you, you, um, UFC, oh, UFC too, man, is one. That's well, that big too, on, yeah. yeah. But it's gonna it's gonna be super. It's gonna be super interesting to see how that works out for next year because WrestleMania is a big thing. Right, uh, how they're gonna general. do it, and it really sucked because they weren't able to do it in Tampa the way they wanted to do it last year. You know what I mean? And and they're having to condense it to a lot of lower levels, but. Could you imagine, like, you know, that coming to the new stadium with football, uh, Chargers, I mean, uh, Chargers and, and Rams and all the games and then having stuff like that for it just to totally be depleted and, you know, and it's full capacity it just really sucks. But let's hope let's hope it's better, you know. Right. Let's hope it's better. Yeah, so, really. But I'm, let's hope it gets better. So, um, so. Any, anybody? So the, the, did the Red, the, the formerly team, formerly known as the Redskins, did they come up with an actual? Oh, you know, team you know, they're, they're, you know what they're going to be doing for this year is they're really uh, the Washington Football Team. That's, yeah, that's their, what I just, That's their name for the year. Yeah, that's what I just saw. That's so weird. Washington. Yeah, I think they. Well, what, I think they wanted to buy themselves is, time to like get all their stuff in order, from what I understand. What, what it is, is there's a guy, there's a gentleman, I forget where he's from. He might be in from Texas, if I remember the article correctly. But basically, they're, he, they're, he's, they're calling him a uh, trademark squatter. And what he's done over the last probably five and six years is he kind of predicted that the, that the Washington Redskins would, uh, or formerly Washington Redskins, would uh, have to change their name. So he went out and bought all kinds of trademark names revolved around what an alternative to their football name could be and he's basically holding those names hostages so that's yeah, why but you're not you getting something like the Washington. That, though, bro, because he's got to be using them like for example to, to well, he's using them but they're still got to fight it and that's the, that's but, why but no like the, he'd have to the, have a football team up and running like because uh shane some stuff about trademarks whenever we do a trademark we have yeah. to show our attorneys through a concert poster or a right. cd that we are doing business under that name because trademark office will kick it out 
to prevent that type of thing. So, Don, yeah, I got to see if, how much is really behind that because this guy would, I, from what I understand, would have to have a football team up and running. Well, he had. I mean, he's, I don't know if he, he's basically, from what I've read, he's made like fake football teams and made memorabilia and tried to sell it. Like, he spent a lot of money, like thousands of dollars on a lot of this stuff. And. I think that's where now Washington hasn't came out and officially said that that's what they're battling, but that's what the belief is on, on a lot of uh, news outlets is that they're battling. They all they've said is because of legal situations, they're going with the Washington uh, football team un- until they can handle that because obviously well, they needed to have a that name branding going into they the season do too. They want to have time to take pick the final name, all those changes they have to do. Think about, I mean, everything, all all the logos on all their stuff in their offices. I mean. That's got to be a massive undertaking, rebranding like that. Absolutely. I you mean, it's it's, it's 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 so weird. I mean, I, I get it, and I get it, I understand um, what it came to and what's right. happened. Without getting, you know, we all know what's going on. Sure. Uh, it's just gonna. It's just as a and, and this is you know as a football fan, it's gonna be so weird not having. Yeah. You know, yeah. Classic it's... classic Cowboys and Redskins games from as a kid, Thanksgiving Day. You know, uh, but uh, as a it's human be being, Cowboys it, twenty-one, the football team zero at the half. That's what, you, that's what you're going to hear. You know, <laughs> oh, they just say Washington. Oh yeah, Washington right, right. zero. Yeah, yeah that'd be crazy. Just call right? Washington. Yeah, but uh, this isn't you know, that far of a stretch because how many times do you hear teams or like announcers just call a team by their city name? Sure, sure. Right. Dallas, the team. You know, so it's not it's not that really. It's just again, I think yeah. they needed to. They had to go into the season with something. Right, and, and they're going to put the numbers on their helmet. Too. They're going to put the numbers, yeah. like kind of like Alabama. I think that's what they're doing to just yeah. kind of, yeah, so it, they don't have to come up with some logo. They're just kind of, you know, I think they're buying their time this year to figure out what's going forward and if there's anything behind that guy with the trademarks. But I'm sure there's enough powerful money to make that guy's situation go away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just going to take time. Some big-time big, big time lawyers can go in there and twist them up in an intellectual property pretzel, you know, something like that. So, so hey, Dan, favorite Raiders yeah. player of all time. Ooh, nice. Man. Uh, Marcus Allen, the chief. <laughs> the chief. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's sacrilege. I did that on Marcus Allen, the chief. I knew that you were going to do that, Don. I knew Howie, that you were going to do that. I mean, that. It's, it's tough to – I mean, Howie Long is right at the top of that list. I mean, Howie is just a beast. He's up there. Um, I mean, Marcus Allen, of course. Let's see. Yeah. Dan loves him uh, some Chiefs. I got to throw Bo Jackson Ronnie, in there. Yeah, be, oh, we got Bo. Bo ja- yeah, but, Van McElroy. Yeah. Safety. Um, Mike Haynes. I mean, yeah, I could just keep going now. <laughs> what about but, Lester, bro? What about oh, Lester? Lester Hayes? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lester was great. What about Lester? Plunkett? I love Jim Plunkett. Stable. What yeah. about oh, Stabler? The snake? Study the, study the playbook by the light of the jukebox? Oh, yeah. Ted, Ted Hendricks. The Mad Stork? Oh, man, come on. You're going to make me... Uh, John Matusak. Really... The Twos. Sloth. Dude. <laughs> twos. There, there was a story about... Uh, yeah. He, he, he had a... Uh, one of the running backs, I think it was... I can't remember one of the running back coaches when he was playing, got in a fight with Twos, and this running back... It might have been Rabisky, I think. Maybe the old offensive coordinator. Is it Terry or Teddy? I can't remember. Uh, it, and he got in a fight with Twos, and Twos obviously had some size on him. So I think the uh, Rubisky uh, took the um, the crutch, had a crutch, and he smashed it on the back of Tuz's back and head, and it like splintered. 
and they put it up on the the locker locker room called it the twos pick the twos pick yeah i heard about that yeah let me look up the name because i think it was rubisky you know what's funny like when we were kids like i i uh, graduated high school in 91 so when we were kids we'd always play techno ball you know, and of course you you want to go with the Cowboys because they're your team, right? But like, sure. we always went we always went with the Raiders. You know why? Because Bo Jackson was a beast, and I could get to the <laughs> Super Bowl at the end of a day. It took me a day to go through all the games, and I would, you know, this is crazy stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Oh Terry, yeah Terry Rubisky. I think I got it right. Terry I believe. Uh, let me look back. He was a yeah Oakland Raiders seventy-seven to seventy-nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember him, man. He, he was he paced that sideline as a uh, he's running backs coach during the Bo Jackson era, eighty five yeah. to eighty seven. Yeah. Then he was a court offensive coordinator for eighty nine to ninety three. Yeah, he was a staple on the sideline. He wasn't taking any of twos as mess, man. Grabbed that yeah. crutch and took it to the twos. Yeah, so many great players from that. Uh, I again, you know, they say, oh, you got to be a Cowboys fan, but I, as my childhood of just growing up and uh, remembering so many great things about football. Uh, that's missing today, the nostalgia aspect of it, yeah, I think, is, yeah, is really, yeah. really missing. And that's because we're older, clearly, right? Right, right. The I mean, kids the kids can I mean, capture Don, it today a little more. Don, I'm sure you probably feel the same way in certain aspects, I mean, uh, too. But, like, there's certain things about football, man, that just really – that magic and that certain aspects, it's just not always, you know. Oh, it, I don't know. Hey, you trust, know I mean, trust right? me, Shane, he's got a Patrick Mahomes poster right above his bed, no doubt. Yeah, but that's oh, what no, the, I got. I, I, yeah, I got it, my Patrick Mahomes. Uh, uh, it is probably not in his pads figure. either. <laughs> I, I got. Uh, I got the rookie card right there. Yeah. But, I mean, I grew up. I talked. I talked about it on on my because I have a, a a podcast YouTube channel about just about the Chiefs, and I talked about it in there. Like, yeah, kind of like Dan mentioned it earlier. I grew up basically a Joe Montana fan when I was a kid, watching you know at eight years old kind of deal, and then when they traded him to the Chiefs. I just kind of moved with him to the Chiefs because I thought that was shitty that he was playing as well as he did. And they're like, oh, they were so ready to move on from him. Um, hey, it's Steve Young then, in you the know, wings, man. Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. like the um, Favre to the uh, Aaron Rodgers thing. Very similar in a sense. But I, I, honestly, I, loved, I think I if they would have kept Montana, they would have won two more with him. As good as that probably, team was. I think, I think you're absolutely right, 1,000%. You know, I respected Montana a lot. But I always hated him and Dwight Clark. You know why? Because the catch. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the catch. catch. <laughs> the catch, bro. Yes. The catch. Yes. The Shane, catch, you, bro. Were you a big uh, Tony Dorsett fan? Oh, my God. Are TD, you, right? Do I, love, do I love Pantera? What are you talking about, bro? Come on. <laughs> Dorsett was yeah. great, man. How, how about um, his – I mean, I'll never forget, uh, never forget the game where he ran it back all the way against Minnesota. I think that was the game where he ran his uh, – Oh, that 99-yarder. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I would just never forget forget that run and forget him. Um, it was one of the greatest moments of my life I've ever watched football when he did that. Money. It was a Monday night football game, and I'm pretty sure it was against the Vikings. Yes, it was against the Vikings. Um, and then that year, I got to see. You know, was it that year? I know one of those years. I got to see him play on Thanksgiving. I think, uh, which was great. That's awesome, but, man. Yeah, cool. it was just awesome. I, I tell you what, brother, this has been a been a great time, man. I think we covered covered most of our favorite things under the sun. I mean, it, it was it's always a blast having your buddies on here, man. Thanks so much for That's spending fun. your time with us today. Yeah, it was great. Uh, 
Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to come on and do something like this. Um, I'm very, I can't thank you enough. I uh, hope I didn't ramble on too much about stuff. Oh, no, uh, man. Hey, we, we, we go um, where the conversation takes us, man. Real yeah, conversational man, it was, it here. Was, it was super awesome. And, uh, again, I, I look forward to being able to get back out there and hopefully get some good stuff going for us out here in L.A. Uh, even though if I got to hang with a Chiefs fan, I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> right on, man. But, right on. but we'll, we'll, have him, we'll have him over. We'll, we'll, we'll talk all things Star Wars one day, too. It'll be great. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But uh, anyways, um, again, thank you so much, Dan and, and Don, for having me on today. And, and um, uh, you know, Semper Fi, man. Yeah, Semper Fi, brother. And thank you for locking down yeah. L.A. for us, man. I mean. All right, you got it. We appreciate it. So we'll be talking hey, to you before, soon. Before we, before we go, before we go, I want to get a quick uh, prediction for both of you guys since we were talking football when we wrap this up on the football segment. What's your prediction? Uh, I think Dan said his earlier, but he can say it again. Uh, Shane, you go first. What's your prediction for what the uh, Cowboys finish this season? Why are you asking me that question? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's like the hardest question of the last year. It is. I I really don't know. (laughs) I really, I really, I really, you know, you, you, I hope my prediction is that they win the Super Bowl. Uh, Of course, that's a given. But sure. I think um, what, what, do I they, think, what do they finish the season? What's the record? Eleven and three. Oh, you mean 11, 11 and five? Eleven, 11 and five. five. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, eleven yeah. and five. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, who knows? Yeah. It might be eleven and three if we don't get oh, a whole yeah, season. Right? So you, I mean, yeah. you, you might be a, dead on, right? Yeah, I'm possibility sorry. this year. Yeah, I meant to say eleven and five. Yeah, yeah. but eleven and five. Uh, what about you, Dan? Uh, let, let's say eleven and five. We'll go adventurous, twelve and four. But, uh, you know, eleven and five. I can roll with that. What, what about, about you, Don? Yeah. Well, well, for the Chiefs. No, well, the I Cowboys. Will, <laughs> for the Cowboys. Uh, that's interesting for the for both your teams. Um, eleven. I think eleven and five. I think that's a fair. That's a fair uh, guess for them and, and the, a playoff run. Uh, the Raiders, yeah, I think I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't got nothing but, uh, nice to say. It, don't say it at all. That's what your mama told you, right? That's that's what my mama told me. She's the official American um, Warrior team. Uh, as far as my Chiefs, I'm gonna double down on what I said on my own podcast, and I think they will go undefeated this year. Oh, I think it's a record. Go. I think it's history that Mahomes is chasing, oh. and I think he's he's really gonna try to get that this year. Providing, of course, no injuries and all that kind of deal, but that's for every team, right? So, that what? that is that is my prediction. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, brother. Hey, Don, take a exactly. look at the bottom here of the uh, screen. See that? Yeah, I don't know if that. That always says that. No, oh, that doesn't. That. That always just says. All right, that so we'll shit. we'll wrap it up here. So, anyways, right, cool. yeah, Shane, thank you so much for coming on, man. And we'll, yeah, got we'll it. be talking awesome. to you soon and seeing okay. you soon. All right. Yes, absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you later, guys. All Take right. care. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. And that was our American Warrior Festival Los Angeles team leader, Shane Tucker. Here is Van Nuys Music Corporation with Bruce Lee's Wisdom. You say you've got talent you want to do everything in the world 
That was Socially Unacceptable with Friends with Benefits. What's going on, everybody? If you guys are enjoying the American Warrior Festival podcast and would like to show your support, check out some of the cool products we have down below, like the American Warrior Festival chocolates made by Oliver's Candies or the American Warrior Festival coffee made by Evening Star and packaged by Oliver's Coffee. If you guys want to see any of those products, all you got to do is go to the link below. It takes you right to our website, uh, online store, and you can choose from either our chocolates or our coffee. They have several different flavors for you guys. Or, hey, how about choosing both, man? Nothing goes better than some chocolate and some coffee in the morning, man. Get your day started right with the American Warrior Festival products. Again, just follow the link below. It'll take you right to where you need to be, and it'll help. Support this channel, this podcast, and everything we do to help bring you guys the very best.
That was producer Don's band, Murder Most Foul, with their song, Only Son. As always, thank you for spending time with us. We had a great time exploring the history and the roots of the American Warrior Festival. Talk to you soon. What's going on, everybody? Don T. Penny here. Just wanted to take a minute to thank our fellow Patreon supporters and let you know that if you wanted to become a fellow supporter of our podcast, all you got to do is click on the link below that is in your show notes. Or if you're listening to this slash watching the, watching this on YouTube, all you got to do is go to the video description. We will have a link to the Patreon page right there in that description as well. And that will take you to the homepage where you can see the six different options for our Patreon program. Feel free to browse through it, guys. Click on them. See which one best suits you. And any support, any help that you guys would offer us is much appreciated. It helps us put more content out for you and push this podcast uh, to that next level. Once again, guys, thank you for all your support. We're going to continue to do our job. You guys have a great rest of your day. We're out. The American Warrior Festival podcast is brought to you by the Red Osier Landmark Restaurant, Oliver's Candies, Smoking Eagle Barbecue and Brew, The Firing Pit, Orcon Industries, Ken Barrett Chevrolet Cattle, TF Browns, One LLP, Batavia Legal Printing, Gun Track App, and Amerahome Healthcare.